Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. My name is Daryl McMullen, and this is a show where we discuss how we can rise above the human condition. We address topics that we all wrestle with because we're all human. And together we look for more positive ways to respond to the world around us. Thank you for joining us on the journey. We hope today's topic is exactly what you need for the week ahead. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Transcend Human Podcast. So good to be with you. Great to be back in the studio. You know, I think this is one of my favorite times of the week, getting to sit down, uh, go through these episodes, share this information with you, and basically just go on the journey together. Uh, I know that we talk about a lot of different things, uh, but it's just it's just great to be able to have this time together to, to share ideas, concepts. Uh, ways to transcend the human condition and to just step above where we're at. So yeah, May 31st, 2021. Can you believe it? Another month already gone by. I just, you know, coming out of this pandemic, it's just crazy how fast time is flying. And yet, I don't know about you, but I just feel stuck in some way. Like it, somehow when COVID hit and we got into the whole lockdown work from home thing it's like it it felt like i went into a tunnel and i've been in the same tunnel ever since and it's a monotone thing like i said it's just it's just the same thing every single day but time has kind of sped up even though you know there isn't a lot of ups and downs and excitements and failures it's just one thing after another um, and time is just flying by but like I said, that's, you know, that's my take on it. I know that some of you are already back to work. You're back, you know, in person. Um, those of you who, you know, weren't essential workers to begin with, you know, a lot of places have still gone back and, and you're back to work. So for many of you, it may feel like life is back to normal. Um, but for me, I think I just, I'm still kind of in this tunnel and uh, it's just flying by. But again, like I said, the podcast is one of those bright spots each week where I get to sit down and and really think through a concept and put it out there uh, so that we can share it together. All right, well, let's move into our minute of transparency. Uh, this week, I'm going to call it Perseverance is Powerful. Uh, so have you guys ever done something in your past and then stopped? Like something you thought was really important but you just couldn't keep going, and so you just quit. You just stopped. For me, that story is football. Um, I was at Powell Middle School, eighth grade, and uh, all I had ever played was baseball. You know, I played baseball. You know, I grew up playing t-ball, and I played baseball all the way through eighth grade, through like 15 or 16 years old. Um, but when it came to eighth grade, you know, you had that ability to join the football team. And so I tried out for the team and I made it. Um, and I, I was so happy because it was something new, something I really wanted to try. And I remember going to a few practices. I don't even remember how many I went to. And then I quit the team. Now, you would think that I would remember why, but I still to this day struggle with that question because I cannot remember what it was that pushed me over the edge. I mean, it was football right? So it was grueling, 
hot afternoons out in the sun-scorched fields, running, push-ups, burpees, like all the football things, right? Sweat, stink, um, you know, getting yelled at as if it was boot camp or something like that. Uh, you know, kids being made fun of for not being strong enough, not doing enough push-ups, all of those things and more. But there was also a, a mental or an emotional component uh, to it for me. So the coach, the football coach, was also our science teacher. And for some reason, uh, he kind of chose me, I think, kind of called me out as his little punching bag. Uh, I was called out during practice a lot. And then in science class, you know, he started to pick on me uh, when it came to my faith. I don't know how he knew that I was a Christian. Maybe I said something in class or maybe, um, you know, just the questions I was asking led him to believe I was a Christian. Um, so I'm sure he assumed that I believed in creation versus evolution. And as a science teacher, you can obviously see where this is headed. So he started directing his questions about evolution to me in order to get a rise out of me. And at some point, he even told the class, I think one day, that it was stupid to believe in creation and that if you did, you were a few cards short of a full deck, that kind of a thing. So that's, you know, that's why I can't really remember exactly why I quit because, you know, was it because it was hard, physically hard, or did I quit because it was emotionally hard being singled out and being made fun of? Or maybe it was a combination of both. I just don't remember. You know, whatever the case, though, you know, it's one of those things I look back on now and I just cringe, right? There's there's nothing I can do about it, obviously, but I think about it every now and then and I just wonder, what if I had stuck it out? What if I had been stronger? And what if I kind of stood up to my coach and just been strong? But I'll never know because I didn't persevere, right? I chose the easy way out. Now, that incident must have done something to my psyche because from that point on, I seem to have ample amounts of perseverance, right? I finish most things I start. Uh, I'm able to do crazy amounts of things in terms of time and energy, um, even things that aren't fun or sometimes can seem hard. You know, I, even just looking at this podcast, like we're on episode 64, and, uh, you know, I, I don't view it as a... Um, super popular thing where hundreds of thousands of people are, you know, jumping online and listening to these episodes. But it's something that I persevere through. And I do because I love it. And I know that there are people out there that are that are on the journey with me and that love it too. And so I'm going to keep doing it no matter how many people listen to the show. Um, but you know, I look back on that on that incident, the football thing, and it still haunts me. So what do you see when you look back? Are there failures? Are there missed opportunities? Are there squandered opportunities? Um, if so, don't beat yourself up. Like me and numerous others, right, we have a choice. We can either dwell on the past and allow it to immobilize us, or we can leave those incidents where they belong and simply learn from them in order to make better decisions today and to thrive in the future. So today I loosely try to associate the minute of transparency with our topic, transcending the backslide, um, but it is loose. So you'll have to decide for yourself if you see the connection uh, as we move on. So like I said, today's topic is transcending the backslide. Uh, and we're gonna talk about three things. First, backsliding means what exactly? Two, origins and timing. 
And three, progress versus perfection. Number one, backsliding means what exactly? So if you didn't grow up in a traditional Christian home, there's a chance that you've never even heard this word before, right? Which makes sense, because when I looked it up in dictionary.com, I found this definition. Backsliding means to relapse into bad habits, sinful behavior, or undesirable activities. So it sounds pretty churchy to me, right? Anytime you start talking about behavior or whether something's right and wrong, something's pure or sinful, good or bad, desirable, undesirable, right? There seems to be an element of church or spirituality or religion involved somehow. So it makes sense that I grew up with the word because I grew up a Christian in a pretty traditional Christian home, you know, but somebody who grew up outside of any type of religious affiliation might have never heard the word before. For me, it was something I first learned, I think, in Christian school, right? Probably in a textbook or through Bible study, but I'm not sure. So to refresh my memory, I did a quick uh, Bible search on Bible.com for the word backslide or backsliding. I used the New King James Version, and the results were pretty consistent. So in the Bible, the word backsliding uh, is used most often to describe the condition of an entire people group. And this people group was the children of Israel. Now, the children of Israel were considered God's people because these were the people that he chose to bless with his truth. So, you know, if you believe in absolute truth, that God is universal, that he has always existed and always will exist, and that when he created us, he created us with this set of absolute truth, then he wanted to give that truth to a group of people so that they could basically carry it in the world and be like good role models for the rest of the world. And so he gave them that. And yet, even though they had the truth and they knew it well, uh, they would begin backsliding. Now, in practical terms, that meant the following, moving away from the things they were taught, moving toward the things of the world, basically leaning on their own strength versus God's strength, and then even dabbling with other, what we would call little G-gods, right, or idols or mythical gods of the nations around them. Uh, Jeremiah 3.6 uh, is just one example of these types of verses. It says, The Lord said also to me in the days of Josiah the king, Have you seen what backsliding Israel has done? She has gone up on every high mountain and under every green tree, and there played the harlot. So I know verses like that sound pretty strange, right? But what it's simply saying is that Israel was running around on God. The other religions of that day used high places or places on top of hills or mountains. They used green ornate gardens um, to basically be places of worship. And what they worshiped were their little G gods, their idols. So Israel was falling into this, and instead of worshiping God the way he asked them to worship him, they had started to worship the way other religions did. And to God, this was similar to adultery, right? Israel was cheating on God. And when, the, and when this started to happen, it was called backsliding. Numerous times in the Bible, it was referred to as backsliding. So God would reach out to his people through the leadership, through the high priests and the prophets, and um, then they would plead with the people to turn away from the things that they were doing and return to God. Sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. And one of the hard things to understand is that it 
it appears that God's blessing changed based on their level of backsliding. Now, God never changed his position on the fact that he loved them, right? That never changed. And he never stopped coming after them, wooing them, trying to get them to return to him. But his blessing was a whole other thing. And it seemed to be removed when Israel chose to backslide. So there were times when they were completely overtaken by a neighboring country or people group. There were times when they lived in slavery or bondage. Then at some point they would return to God. They would, you know, they would fall on their faces and say, I'm sorry, we have completely run away from you. And then God's blessing would return and Israel would be restored. But unfortunately, this cycle happened over and over and over again throughout the years. And the Bible is a huge document of that, right? It documents all of those ups and downs. So that's all well and good, you say, but what does this have to do with me, right? Great question. So let's bring it back to each of us personally. In my search for Bible verses on the word backsliding, um, there was one interesting one that stood out because it applied more to us, like to you as an individual, than the, the people group that a lot of the other verses applied to. So Proverbs 14.14 14, uh, says, The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways, but a good man will be satisfied from above. So when we look at the word backsliding in this context it, and try to apply it to our own lives, it starts to take shape. So a few concepts that kind of stood out in that verse for me. First is being a backslider in heart. So I feel like this was added to the verse for a very specific reason, because it takes the focus off of our behavior and it places it squarely on our heart, the part of us where real decisions are made. So when you believe something very strongly, we say that you believe it with what? With all your heart. And that's why it was written in this way, I believe, because backsliding begins in your heart, not with a behavior or an action. And then the second piece of that verse, um, it talks about our ways versus God way, God's ways. So in this definition then of backsliding, it really has to do with a sense of control. The backsliding person wants control over their lives and wants to make all of the decisions based on what they think is right. Whereas the good person, as it's called, allows God to make the decisions, right? They understand that God has our best interest at heart. So following God's plan is really the best way forward. Now, for those of you who are listening who are Christians, this should sound very familiar. Uh, if you're listening and you're not a Christian or you don't really have any religious affiliation, um, you know, the, this whole concept of backsliding isn't even a thing to you. But don't worry. I'm going to switch gears for a few seconds and I'm going to talk to you. So let's take the spiritual element out of it all together, right? Going back to the definition of backsliding, we heard the words to relapse into bad habits, sinful behavior, or undesirable activities. So let's simply remove the words that sound churchy and read it this way. To relapse into bad habits, old behaviors, or things that we decided weren't helpful. Now this is something we can work with, right? I mean, even an atheist should be able to see this concept has merit. An atheist believes there is no God, so it follows that if there's no God, then there's really no higher moral authority than ourselves. 
nobody can tell us what is right or wrong, good or bad, because there is nobody higher than us. We have to decide those things for ourselves. And this is why the concept of backsliding still applies no matter who you are. An atheist will still make choices and decisions about the world around him or her. They choose behaviors not because they feel they are moral or immoral, but because they are simply helpful or not helpful to them and their existence. So there are decisions and behaviors that will help them get ahead in the world and those that seem to get in the way of progress. And after a while, all of those little decisions about the world and their behavior add up to a worldview or a belief system, if you will. And if they just adhere to that belief system, as we as Christians adhere to ours, then it's very similar. Now, if an atheist with their worldview starts to go backward, right, starts to do things at some point that they decided weren't helpful, then they would be backsliding. Now, let's say you aren't a Christian or an atheist. You're just an average person somewhere in the middle, not 100% sure if you believe in God or not. I believe the same principle applies to you. Maybe you listen to a lot of podcasts and over time you resonate with some of the ideas you've heard. You've taken those ideas, you've incorporated them into your worldview, maybe even some concepts from Transcend Human. I don't know. Now, if you believe in those things and you believe them to be true and you incorporate them into your worldview, backsliding for you would be very similar. It would be going back on those things that you believe to be true, reverting back to old behaviors that you know aren't good for you or that won't help you in life. Number two, origins and timing. So this section is going to be pretty quick and to the point, um, but it is very important information. And if you skip this step, you're choosing to go to battle without a weapon. What am I talking about? Well, it's really two things. It's the origin of your backsliding or where it actually starts. And it's the timing or the length of time that it takes to go from point B back to point A. So let's start with origin. Like we already discussed, backsliding is a matter of the heart. So it must begin somewhere in there as an idea or a thought, a feeling or an emotion. But whatever it is, at some point, there's a spark of doubt. And your mind takes that little spark of doubt and it runs with it. Now, it's important at this point to understand one thing, right? Each of us is made up of three elements. There's our thinking, our behaving, and our feeling, or our thoughts, behaviors, and emotions. Now, we have 100% control over two of these, but only two. And the things we have 100% control over are our thinking and our behaving. The other, our emotions, we have what's called indirect control over. In other words, we are hit with feelings and emotions no matter what we do. It just happens. But depending on how we choose to think or how we choose to behave, we can actually control the strength of those feelings and emotions. So in the case of backsliding, uh, it may begin with a feeling or an emotion, but ultimately it's our thinking and our behaving that takes it from there. Next, let's talk timing. So this is really the crucial piece, right? It's this understanding that backsliding is not something that just happens. It isn't like a light switch. One minute you're on track, the next you're completely off the track. People don't simply give up their beliefs or their worldview 
just like that. There is time involved, right? It can be a short amount of time or it can be a very long amount of time, but definitely not a one decision thing. So let's talk short amount of time, right? Let's say something bad happens. Maybe you were assaulted or fired from a job. Maybe a spouse filed for divorce. Uh, you were diagnosed with cancer. You lost a child in an accident or something. Whatever the situation, your worldview quickly changes. And over the next few months, you grow farther and farther away from the life you were living versus a long amount of time. So this scenario can actually be more subtle and may not even be or require an activating event like the short-term one. A person slowly over time just moves away from some of the things they believe or they hold to be true. They slowly move back into some of their old habits, and over time they begin to wonder why they ever held those beliefs in the first place. But whether it's a short period of time or a long period of time, little by little the person moves from point B back to point A. One change in thinking at a time, one change in behavior at a time. Small, seemingly unimportant decisions all adding up to a larger direction or trajectory. And when you look back, you can see how all of those little decisions moved you from where you were to where you are today. Number three, progress versus perfection. Now to wind things up, um, I need to move back to the Christian worldview for a second because that's what I know and that's what kind of guides me in this area. Being a Christian is really the foundation for the belief system, right? It's my worldview. Without it, I think life would be a little like, you know, being a flag on a boat in the ocean, right? Just pushed around by the wind in whatever direction it happened to be blowing that day. But it's this belief system, it's this worldview that really provides the direction and the foundation, right? The morals, the values, the answers to my important questions. It basically provides the path and it's up to me if I want to be on that path or if I want to take a totally different path, even one that leads back down the mountain. Of course, this is a very slippery slope for Christians, right? Uh, because all of this talk about being on a path and doing the right things and having the right worldview, it all begins to sound very legalistic, right? Like we're, we're just doing a bunch of things in order to stay right with God. And this is the whole grace versus works debate, right? There are people on both sides of it. The grace alone camp, you know, someone way on the grace side would say that we are saved by grace and that there is no need for any other conversation to be had. We should be able to go on living, even living poorly, and still be saved because of that original decision. <clears throat> and then there's the works side of things, right? Way on the other side. And the works camp would suggest that your behavior is all that matters. And that if you're behaving the right way, then that's a really good indication that you actually do believe in God and that you've been saved. The crazy thing is this, the Bible gives you the firewood for both sides of the debate. If you are on the grace side, you live in the book of Romans. If you're on the work side, you live in the book of James. Both cases can easily be made for you know, each side, which is why there's a debate in the first place. But Transcend Human suggests that we should meet somewhere in the middle, the both-and approach, right? And understanding that grace is the only way we go to heaven, but that at the same time, works or changes in behavior are just an expected part of the growth process. That this whole idea that we're called to follow Jesus 
and not just believe in him. Uh, this is why you know we use these two big churchy words called justification and sanctification, right? Justification is the whole act of being saved by God's grace because he died on the cross. Sanctification is the work God does moving forward in us, right? Growing us up, so to speak, helping us mature. And this whole idea is basically as biblical as you can get. I mean, Jesus, Jesus often asked people to follow him first, not even to believe in him. Uh, think about the disciples, right? He asked them to follow him. And the belief part for some of them actually came way later. Now, it's important when talking about the sanctification part not to make it part of the saving process, right? As this suggests that we can do something in order to gain God's favor, favor uh, and ensure that we are saved. And that is 100% inaccurate because only Jesus can save us. And the only way uh, that we can access the saving part is to admit that we need him and to accept the free gift that he offers us through his death on the cross. Now, this is actually really good news for us because none of us is perfect, right? None of us will ever attain perfection. Even if a person got close, let's say that like a person was 98% there, they would still have sins in their past that would disqualify them from living a perfect life. Again, good news for us because perfection is not the goal. Progress is the goal. So perfection is a target we will never reach. But progress is something that we can make each and every day in our lives. So let me illustrate here. Uh, do you expect your child to be perfect when they turn 18? So, you know, they've learned all they need to learn. They have all the information. They can simply coast for the rest of their life, right? No, of course not. We understand that even though they are considered an adult, capable of living on their own, free, if you will, they've, they've, they've been given the grace of freedom, um, that they're going to continue to make mistakes. They're going to continue to learn things the hard way and grow and mature into even more functional versions of themselves. So why would it be any different with our heavenly parent, right? Why would God look at us any differently? He understands that we will need to keep growing throughout our lives, even after we intellectually decide to believe in him or follow him. But this is the journey, right? This is the journey that he calls us on to live a life above. It's transcending human. It's rising above the human condition each and every day based on the knowledge we have and the new things that we're learning. So back to the whole timing piece that we talked about. Uh, we discussed it in the negative, really, right? The only, you know, we talked about the short term and the long term and how both were kind of, you know, headed toward backsliding. But the funny thing is that the same thing applies in the positive. So let's talk about the short amount of time. So let's say that, you know, the same list, right? Something bad happens to you. You are assaulted, fired from a job, uh, a spouse files for divorce, things like that. Whatever the situation your worldview changes, and you are drawn even closer to your beliefs, right? So here's the opposite option. You even, you know, you grow even closer to your beliefs or to your worldview. Over the next few months, maybe you actually take larger steps in your faith toward the life that you know God wants for you. When you're talking long amounts of time, 
let's say, you know, this scenario is just as effective, right? There, there may be no activating event. A person slowly over time moves closer and closer to the beliefs that they hold true. They shed some of their old habits, they create new positive ones, and over time they can look back and they can see how far they've come in the positive direction. So that's really important because backsliding and making progress in your faith are actually very similar processes, right? I guess a simple way to sum it all up is this. When you say, I believe, and you become part of the Christian family, you have three choices, right? Choice number one, you can continue to live the way you've always lived and make little to no changes in your life. That's option number one. Option number two, you can be hot at first and then start to backslide. And you can go back to some of your old behaviors that you thought you were going to stay away from uh, and, and kind of go backward. Or the final option is you can look at the rest of your life as the best of your life, right? You can keep putting one foot in front of the other, walking up the path toward the life that God is showing you. It won't be a perfect life, right? You'll still make mistakes. Bad things are still going to happen from time to time. But this life that he's calling us to is so much better than what the world is offering, right? The world sets the bar so low. It's so easy to hit. And yet you wind up feeling unfulfilled on so many levels. So let's land the plane. This week, let's chew on these questions. Number one, based on our definition, um, are there areas in your life where you feel like you're backsliding? If so, have there been consequences? And what are your next steps to get back on track? Number two, we talked about backsliding as a process, not an immediate thing. So can you identify small decisions that you're making that may lead you away from the life that you know you should be living? Um, can you identify small decisions you're making that may be leading you closer to the life that you know you should be living? And number three, what have you chosen to do with your life? Are you going to stay stagnant? Are you okay with backsliding? Or are you going to keep making progress? Not toward perfection, just making little decisions each and every day to bring your life closer to the life that God has planned for you. And that's it. That's where we're going to call it for today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Again, it's uh, so much fun to be here. Uh, as always, tell your friends and family about Transcend Human. Um, and if you find time in your busy schedule, obviously a rating and review on Apple Podcasts goes a long way uh, to help improve the visibility of the show. So have a great week, everyone. Um, keep taking steps in that direction and keep Transcending Human. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find additional content as well as ways to contact us and links to our social media channels. Thanks again for subscribing to the show, and we'll see you again real soon.